today's daf is daf vav. We are holding vav and aleph at the top, at the two dots. Let's just introduce today's daf and explain what's going to happen for the majority of today's daf. So the last four or five days, we have been dealing with explaining what the avos nazikin are. And we also discussed the fact that there are avos, there are the primary categories. So you also have subcategories, which are toldos, which toldos are derived from the avos. They share certain commonalities with the avos. So therefore, by saying the av, you also include in it the toldo. That's, that was uh, understood. Now, but if you look at our Mishnah, our Mishnah, at the end of the Mishnah, makes the following statement. It makes like a general statement. It says like this. It says that uh, if the, by uh, analyzing the Dali, the Arba Avos of the Mishnah, the Mishnah concludes that there is a general principle. And what is that general principle? It says that these, all of these items, Tzad HaShavah the commonality of the Arba Avos, is Shadarkan Lahazik, is that they have a predisposition to cause damage. Ushmirasan Alecho, which requires a responsibility of the owner to safeguard them from damaging. And when the damage does occur, the uh, owner of the damaged item is required to pay. He has to pay the payments of the damage. If he uses property, he has to pay from the metav, from the best properties. Now, the point that the Gemara is going to be dealing with over here, the fact that you make such a statement that this is the general rule, that in, uh, implies following standard Gemara analysis of a Mishnah, that when you make a rule, you're including cases that are not included. You're including other cases that could not have been derived from the cases that you have already given us, which means basically that that, one understands that that line must be telling us the avos already there. The toldos can be derived from the avos. So therefore, the one wants to know what is being included by that line that is not something that we could have figured out from the information that's directly there, i.e. the avos, and the subcategory, the toldos, what is being included in addition to the avos and the toldos. That is what we're trying to figure out right now. So let's take a look inside. So liyisuye mai, what is being included by that general statement? So let's go, we're gonna have a number of different answers. They don't necessarily disagree. All of these cases could be included by that statement. So Amar Abaya, answer number one. Liyisuye avno sakino maso, we're talking about a case where a person had a stone, a knife, or a package, and he placed them on top of his roof, and a normal wind, a wind that should have been expected, not an unexpected wind, but an expected wind, came and blew them, and they, and they damaged someone below in the, uh, outside of his property. So what I wants to know, if you're telling me that's being included, then it has to be something that we could not have derived from the information we were given already. So Echidami, so what's the case? If they damaged while they were traveling, in the midst of their flight, they caused damage, 
Says the more that would not be any different than the Av. That would be actually a Tolda, which we, also, we already mentioned this before. That would be a subcategory of the Tolda of Eish, which is explicit. That's number four. That's Hever. That's number four in the Mishnah. Why? What's the, how does that compare to Eish? Because Maishna Eish, what's unique about Eish? The Koch Achar Murav Bo. That even though it is not a direct result of your action, there's an assisted force i.e. in a fire the assisted force is the wind that takes the fire from your property over to your neighbor's property. However, nevertheless, it's still viewed as your asset that's causing the damage. Your, the fire is considered to be attributed to you. It's mamoncha. Shmiras alecha, and you're responsible to watch it. And therefore you're chayiv. So here too, if the wind, it's in Ruch Matsuya, a normal expected wind that blows it down, and in the midst of flight it damages, that would be a tolda, that would be a subcategory of ace. So Hananami Koch Achamur of Bo, there's another force, i.e. the wind, that is involved in it, Uamoncha, and therefore and it's viewed therefore it should be as your acid that's causing the damage. Shmiras soy alecha, and your your responsibility is to safeguard it. So therefore, it can't be, for, if a buyer was talking about that what's being included is the case of where you put something on your roof and it blew down, it can't be that it damaged in the midst of its flight. So Ella busted the knife. So let's say it fell into the public domain and then somebody, an, an animal or a donkey tripped over it and hurt itself. That, maybe that's the case. Now, so let's talk for, for a moment. If the person was mafkirit, meaning it's my, was his, it was his knife, it was his stone, it was his package, and then he says, you know, I'm mafkirit, I don't want it back. So therefore, then, bang the rab, bang shmuel, then whether you go with the opinion of rab or the opinion of shmuel, which we're gonna see makes a difference coming up, either way, bar, that would really be the same as it would be a, a derivative of the case of bar. It's promised the case of bar where you dug something and, and, and you don't own it, it's like Hefker, it's not yours, the hole is not yours, and the Torah is Mechaev you for it. So here too, even though the item was once yours, but if you're Mafkir, it's no longer yours, that's the case of Bor, and being a subcategory of Bor, though we don't need that inclusive statement at the end of the Mishnah to come for this case, because that could have been directly learned from Bor. Because Maishna, Bor, because what's unique about Bor, Shekein Chilos HaSios and Lenezek, when you dig a pit, the actual act of digging from its inception is there is a propensity for damage. That digging a hole in Rosh is a propensity for damage. Mamoncha, and we therefore, the Torah assigns it as if it's your asset. And you are responsible to safeguard it. Sahani Nami, here too. When you put something on a roof that could blow down with a normal wind, it's also considered to be a propensity from the beginning, from its inception, for, for damage. Mamoncha, and therefore, it's viewed as your asset. Ushmirasa, alecha, and you are required to safeguard it. Which means that if it's a case where you are mafker the item, it is a subcategory of bor, and I don't need the last line to be including it, it's included in bor. So Ella must be the case he's talking about. The law of Karina, that let's say you want the item back. It's your item that blew into the Shusarabdin and you want it back. Now this now will be subject, be right back a second. This will be subject to a machlokas, the machlokas that we had uh, uh, earlier 
on Dav Gimel, a machlokas Rav and Shmuel. Because what was the machlokas there? Shmuel's shita was that if you, that if your item is, causes uh, an animal uh, to, uh, to trip in Rishus Rabin, it doesn't matter whether you're mafkirit, when it's, that's clearly like bor, or even if you're not mafkirit, it still is considered to be a tolda of bor. That was Shmuel's shita. So here, if you were not mafkirit, then we have the same problem with Shmuel, that's learned from bor. But it doesn't address Rav. Now, why doesn't address Rav? So Tosis over here and Tosis back on Dav Gimel said the same point, which is very interesting. That it's <coughs> the Gemara, the way the Gemara makes it sound, according to Rav, if you did not, uh, you were not mafkirit, then it's your mammon that damages. The Gemara said it's learned according to, according to Shmuel, it, it, I mean, according to Rav, it's learned from Shor. It would be fall under the category of shore. Shore is your asset, your money that you own that damages. Here it's your asset that you own. Now, Tosas pointed out that it's not exactly like shore because shore is kavanosa lahazik. The item has an intent to damage. Your knife or your backpack or your stone does not have kavanosa. So Tosas says that when we say according to Rav that if you did not, were not mafkir the item, it's learned out from shore, you have to say that it's not just from shore. It's a combination of shore and bore. It's learned out of the combination between shore and bore. Since it's learned out of combination, what are you going to say that um, there, that that uh, it's it's uh, it's it has kavana to be mazik bor yochiach babor the item doesn't have kavana to be mazik so it also makes it tzara shava which comes out very good because since you have to combine two avos to derive it according to Rav you've actually answered our question according to Rav what's that last line coming to explain the last line of Mishnah is coming to explain a case where you uh, your item was on the roof blew into the rishus rabim right. And you are not mafkirit. So it's not classical bor according to Rav, but therefore you need a combination of bor and, and shor to be able to learn the two together. And that's why it's being included, because that's not an av or a tolda, it's a combination of two avos. So according to Rav, the Gemara doesn't, doesn't deal with. According to Rav, fine, we have an answer. But according to Shmuel, who says, now that is a tolda of bor. If that's a tolda of bor, so then we're back to our question. So what's being included with that last line, we don't, it's not, it's not needed. That's why the Gemara now only asks according to According to Shmuel, this is the way I believe the Rashbam, Tosa brings down the Rashbam, that's the way he learns this. So, therefore, like this, so if you did not, you're not Mafkir, then the Shmuel you still have a problem. Rabbi just said it's not a problem. But according to Shmuel, the Amar, Kulami Lamadnu, we learn out all cases from Bor, whether you're Mafkir or you're not Mafkir, it's still to be learned from Bor. So, the Bor, therefore, it's a Tolda Bor. So, what is being taught by the additional uh, line at the end of the Mishnah? Mora says like this, let's go back a little bit. We're going to reverse ourselves. Le'olam davkinuhu, davkarinu. It's talking about your item was on the roof and a ruach metsuya, which you should have expected, blew it into the shusarabim and an animal went and tripped over it and fell. Rashi says, I think it was a shorah hamar because I think Adam is potter in bor. That's why Rashi specifically says it was a shorah hamar that tripped over it. But anyway, the point is, below damu le bor, but it's still, even though we said, if you're mafkirid, then everybody learns it out from bor. It's not exactly like bor. There still is a difference with I dug a bor in Rosh Sarabim or I put it on top of my roof and it, a ruach matsuya, blew it into Rosh Sarabim, even if you're mafkirid. Why is it not exactly like bor? 
Because Ma'ala Bor, She'en Koch Achar Mu'urav Bo. Because Bor, it's directly your actions that are causing the damage. You dug, your digging created the Nezek. Whereas over here, you left it on the roof. But you need an additional force to cause, to, to turn it into a damaging agent. What's the additional force that's needed? You put it on the roof, it ended up in the Rishus need The wind. So therefore, it's not exactly, it's not exactly like classical bore. So therefore, Talmar, Hani, can you compare it, can you say it's the same as these cases, Shekach, Achar, Mu'rav, Behen, that you have the wind. So who says that when it's bore, that has an additional force associated with it, something helping you, maybe you're not going to be high. On that, the answer is, Eish Yochiach. Fire will show you. What does fire show you? That even though it's not only your actions, it's, it, you have a joint, it's joint forces, your actions plus the wind, which take it to your neighbor's field. Eish to chiyach. I said, you're going to learn out from Eish, but Eish you can't learn out from because Eish is not the same as the case that we had. Why? Because Mala Eish came darko lehazik. That the nature of Eish is it travels to cause damage. Whereas bore, where these things which are, 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 are not, it's not the nature that they travel to cause damage. So therefore, so maybe you can't learn out from age. But bore yochiach, but bore will show you don't have to have something that the nature is to travel to cause the damage. Because in this case, because you can also learn out from bore, bore yochiach. Therefore, chazar din, and therefore the logic returns. Uh, that each one's uh, uh, novelty is knocked off by the other one. So between a combination of bor and a combination of ash, we have a situation where something's on top of the roof that blows down with a normal wind and then lands and causes damage by, some, by an animal tripping over it, you will be chai. But it's not classical bor, even according to Rav and Shmuel, where you were not maf, where, where, I'm sorry, where you were maf, it's not classical bor, you still need the help of bor and ash, Therefore, it could not be learned out as either straight up for an av or a tolda. You have to combine two avos to learn it out. That's what the last line of the Mishnah is coming to teach me. And therefore, the logic returns. So basically, according to Abaya, we've shown both according to Rava and according to, uh, according to Rav and according to Shmuel, we've shown what that last line is coming to add. It's the case of where you left something on top of your roof and a Ruch Matsuya blew it down. So whether it's you were, weren't, where you were mafkirit or even when you weren't mafkirit, either way we explain that could be what is being taught by that last line in the Mishnah. Rava Amar, Rava says it's coming to teach me a different case. Let me tell you the case outside and then we'll <coughs> analyze it. The case is that you placed something down a stump, uh, something that, uh, that the, an animal can trip over, you placed it down in Rishusarabim. Now what happened was, the animal or the donkey did not trip over it immediately. What happened was, is that either animals or, or people who were walking there kicked it inadvertently because it was on the ground, they didn't notice it, they kicked it, and this moved to another place. So it's called Bora Magalga, it's a rolling bore. All right, and now in the new area, is where an animal tripped and got damaged. That's what ended up happening. That, says Rava, is the case that is being included with the last line of the Mishnah. Now let's speak it out. So, an animal or a person, some animal or person walking by, 
Alright? So Rava Amar, Lo Ituye, that the last line of the Mishnah is coming to include Bora Mizgal Gel Beragla Adam Beragla Behem. Whether it was kicked by a person or by an animal, it doesn't matter. Now, Hechidami. Again, let's analyze this. So let's say you had your backpack on one side of the Shusarabim. Somebody had, uh, was walking there, didn't notice it, or an animal was walking there, and kicked it, and now 30 feet away, it comes to, uh, it, it comes to rest, and somebody trips, o- and an animal trips over it over there. Now what's the case? If you were mafkirit, if you, had, when you came, and you saw your backpack wasn't there where you placed it, and you don't know, forget it, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm mafkirit, right? So then, the truth of the matter is, that would be both, according to Rav and Shmuel, very similar to the case of Bor. You dug something in Rishis Rabin that you don't have ownership over. So therefore, Ben the Rav, Ben the Shmuel, Hainu Bor. And therefore, since it's considered to be an outgrowth of Bor, so then again, I don't need the last line of the Mishnah teaching me that. That could be learned straight out as a subcategory of Bor, which is recorded in our Mishnah. Well, how is it similar to Bor? Because Maishna Bor, what's unique about Bor? That when you start digging, you now, it, there's a propensity for damage. Similarly, you should have thought in your mind, when I put down my backpack, where I put it down, it also, there's right away, that is a danger, a damage waiting to happen. And therefore, you have to safeguard the bore. And Haninami, so too, when you put down the backpack, you started, you did something which immediately there is a propensity for damage. And therefore, you're responsible for that backpack. The fact that you're mafkirit, it's no different than the case of bore, which you don't own the bore and you're still chayev. Here, too. So if you're mafkirit, it should be classic bore. If it's classic bore, I don't need the last line to teach me this case. Ella the law of Karinu. So let's say it's talking about that your backpack got kicked 30 feet away, but you still want to go get it. So now that entertains the machlokus, you know, that enters the realm of the machlokus of Rav and Shmuel. Because according to Shmuel, even if you still own it, it's still bore. Right? He said that, so therefore, the Shmuel Dhamma Kulmi Bor Lamad Nahainu Bor. That would still be considered bore. Now again, the same shot and toses. It doesn't bring down Rav, because Rav learns if you still own it, it's not classic Bar, it would be learned from Shor, and according to Rajbam, Shor and Bar, which that's our answer. It's being learned through Shor and Bar, that's why I need the last line. So according to Rav, it's okay, but according to Shmuel, it's problematic, because Shmuel says that even if you're not Mafgir, you're learning it straight from Bar. If you're learning it straight from Bar, then it's included in Bar as a tolda of Bar. Why do I need the last line of the Mishnah to come for this particular case? So why says like this, going back again, reversing ourselves like we had before. Daf Karinu, it's talking about that when you saw it get kicked 30 feet away, you were mafkirit, I'm not getting back, there's no way I'm getting my backpack back. So therefore, below Dami Labar, but it's still, we said that it's Bar. It's not really exactly like Bar. Why is it not like Bar? Because by Bar, my digging is directly responsible for the person getting damaged. Over here, it's not really directly my digging, my, my placing it down. Because where I placed it down is not where the person got damaged. Where the person ended up getting damaged, 30 feet away. So which means because the, uh, the person or the animal kicked it over there, even though inadvertently, so you could argue maybe in such a case it's not exactly like Bor. Maybe you should not be high if you're going to learn it straight out from Bor. Shekane Masav Garmaloy, that it's his actions by a case of a Bor that is directly responsible for the person causing the person to get damaged. Tomek, when you compare it to the case of we have the backpack, 
in the border of Magalgal, Amazgalgal, Bahamish, Amas of Garmaloi. It's not directly his actions that caused it, right? It's not, why is it not necessarily his actions that caused it? Because somebody kicked it over there, right? So what it says, so it's like somebody else's actions that are, so what it says like that, that's not a problem, because sure yochiach, because an ox can prove to you that it doesn't have to be directly your actions, because when you're chayah for a shore, is that your actions directly? It's, a, it's your money that's causing the damage. It's your shore that's causing the damage, right? Shore yachiyach. So therefore, so that's what shore will prove. Shore will, uh, will be able to be proved that a baram is galgal is chayah. But at the end of the day, it's your property that's causing the damage. So Gemara says like this, but ma'alu shore shekein darakalei l'chazin. But shore, the derech of the shore is to go and cause damage somewhere else. It's not the, it's not the, uh, my backpack, it's not the derech to go and cause damage somewhere else. So maybe you cannot call, compare it to Shor. Versus Bor to Chiyach. Bor will show you, you don't need it to go somewhere else to cause damage. Because in case of Bor, you chayev, even if it doesn't go somewhere else and cause the damage. Between the two of them, we make the Tzadah Shava, which is what the last line is including. The combination of the Av of Shor with the combination of the Av of Bor, that's being included. That's the case of Bor etc. So that's the second explanation of what that last line is coming to explain. According to Abaya, was the case of the stuff blowing off the roof. And according to Rava, it was the case where you put something down and then it was kicked away 30 feet. And that's being included by the last line. No, necessarily. They're both giving different ways of how you can explain that last line. Now, Rav Ada Bar Ava Amar Omer Lesuya is coming to include that last line could be including, again, a third option. Not necessarily arguing. What's the third option? Hadasanya. We learned in the following Brisa. Now, this Brisa is a very interesting halacha. <coughs> uh, uh, what's the case over here? We're going to learn it later on. Is that we know that people that have uh, the, this, the, 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 the sewage lines that people used to have under their homes or the septic tanks, it wasn't as sophisticated as it is today where you, it goes under the Rosh Hashanah it goes all the way to a sewage treatment plant, right? It wasn't the way it was done there. There, if it was in your uh, property, what did people want to do in order to clean out their, either their sewage lines or keep the septic tank? Dump it into Rosh Hashanah Now the problem is if you're dumping it into Rosh Hashanah you're messing up you're messing up people want to walk in Rosh so the Chachamim understood this and they created certain uh, uh, certain rules of when you're allowed to empty out your septic tanks and, 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 your, and your sewage pipes and they said like this in the summer when it is the dry season so then you can it, it's, it's the, the walking in Rosh is not messy because everything is dry so you're not allowed to dump it in the summer because in the summer what you would be doing then is making Rosh Hashanah not, uh, not able to be walked through because of all the mess that everyone's dumping into it. So therefore they said like this, so in the summer you're not allowed to clean out your pipes and your septic tank. In the winter, you're allowed to do it. Why do they let you do it in the winter? Because in the winter, Nerchistral is the rainy season. And therefore, anyway, anyway, it's all muddy, right? Never, so therefore, so that is a special leniency. They allowed the cleaning out of these uh, pipes and, and tanks in the, in the winter. That's what we're talking about over here. So let's read inside. 
So it's talking about the sign we learned in a brisa. Kol amru. In all in these cases that when we said <coughs> that you're allowed to clean out your uh, your sewage pipes, but garvin marasem, and you're allowed to sweep out uh, 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 your 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 septic tanks. The only time they allowed you to do it was be mosachama. You could do it in the summer. Right now, uh, I'm sorry. In the in the summertime, you did not have permission to do it, like we said, because it's the dry season. It would be messing up the sarabim. But uh, in the winter, in the rainy season, so then Now this is the key, the kicker. Even though from the zoning laws, okay, from the zoning laws, you're allowed to dump them out into. In, 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 in the winter, but im heziku, but if the waste does cause damage, right? An animal slips in and hurts itself because of the waste that you dumped into Rishus Arabim, chayovin the shalem, so it means you're allowed to do it, but it does not exonerate you from liability that if it causes damage, right? Now, now, now what, 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 what Ravina wants to say the case where you're allowed to dump it out, but you're still chayev, that's going to be that, la- that's what's included in the last line of the Mishnah, that since it's considered to be your, your asset and your asset's damaging, you're responsible. That's what it's coming to include. Now we're going to figure out why do you need that line to include it? Why doesn't it fall under the natural order of any of the Dalit Avos and it's a tolda one, and then we'll see in a moment. So, hey, Chidami, what's the case? If actually, and the act of throwing it out, the, the trajectory, when you, the force, when you threw it out, it hit somebody and it caused damage at that moment, then I don't need the last line to teach me because that's, that is Adam Hamazik. Adam Hamazik, when you throw something, you're high for what you threw, all right? So therefore, that's Adam Hamazik. And Adam Hamazik, either according to Rav, is Maven, which was the third of the four Donald Davis, or according to Shmuel, that's learned by the end of the Mishnah, that's written later on on Tezvav, Tezayin, he said that's where Adam is learned for, so that's a direct, that would be a direct, either Mamish is the case of Adam, that's the Av of Adam, I don't need that to be included in the last line of the Mishnah. So that can't be talking about where it's your force that causes it to damage when you throw it. So the El it must be you threw it into Shusarabim, it came to rest, and then an animal went and tripped over, slipped on it and tripped over it and, and got hurt. So Moses is like this, now, hechidami, idav karino, that seems to be back in the day, this waste wasn't actually something that necessarily people wanted to give, get rid of for, forever. Because what can this waste actually service a person? Uh, Fertilizer. So sometimes people would dump it. And then after it was trampled, whatever, come and collect it back. Mm-hmm. So now it depends. So if the person's purpose of dumping it, he was mafkirit, and he doesn't plan on getting it back, then lechora, what this should be really falling under what category? If he's mafkirit, if he's not planning on getting it back. Lechora, it's bore. It's bore. You put a bore in Rishul Sarambim, okay? So therefore, idav kirinahu. So then bain l'rab, bain l'shmul, both rab and shmul hold that if your item that you were mafkir causes damage after you left in Rishul Sarambim, I knew bore. That should be no different in the case of bore. And if it's a subcategory of bore, therefore what? Therefore what? So what if it's a subcategory of bore? Therefore what? Therefore, you shouldn't have the... We already have that. We already have it. I don't need the last line to come and include it. I don't need that for the last line. 
So uh, why is it like bor? Because mashna bor. Because what's unique about bor? That from its inception, it is. Uh, it is something that is propensity for damage. And therefore, your, your fire, your, your, it's considered your acid, even though you're mafkir, but considered your acid and you're safe and you're responsible for safeguarding. Haninami, the fact you, that the, the moment you threw it into the Rishur Sarabim, you create that from that inception, it's already, da- it's propensity for damage. You are, therefore, you should be responsible for it and you're like bar. Ella must be talking about a case where you plan on getting it back. Right, so well, you're not mafkirin. So now again, that's the, that's the machlogas Rav and Shmuel we've read it twice before today. Therefore, according to Shmuel, it's still bar. So therefore, it's still bar, you still learn it out from bar. According to Rav, it's no longer bar. It's momana mazik, which is shor, and we saw the Rajbam learns it's a combination of shor and bor, which according to Rav, that taka might be what the last line is coming to teach, because you need a combination of two avs of shor and bor. But according to Shmuel, but it's directly lechora learned from bor, I still don't need the last line to teach me. It's a subcategory of bor. So therefore, Ella Dolov Kirinu. So the Shmuel Damar Kulami Bor Lamada, that all cases, whether you're Mafkir or not Mafkir, you learn it out from Bor. Haina Bor, why do I need the last line? So Gemara says, Lolam Dav Kirinu. Again, third time we say the same thing. The Gemara is saying we're reversing ourselves. It was that you don't even plan on getting it back. You were Mafkir the waste. Ah, uh, we say when you're mafkir, then it gets to be a straight up subcategory of bor. So they have a low dummy bor. It's not exactly like bor. Why is it not exactly like bor? Because mala bor, shakain shalobar shus. In the case of bor, when you started digging the bor, did you have a permission to put the bor in Rosh Hashanah? No. No. Here, when you're dumping the waste, did you have permission? It's winter time. Yes. So you could have said it's not exactly like bor because by bor, maybe you're chayyab because you're doing something that you had no permission to do. But here, where you have permission to do it, you might have thought, I can't learn it out from Bor, and therefore you should be, therefore in such a case, you should be Potter. That's why you need to include in the last line. That's what the more saying. So therefore, like this, so Bor, that what unique about Bor is you're doing something without permission. If you don't have a right to be there, Tamar Bahani de and therefore Bor, straight up from Bor, you would not have been able to learn. So Taka, so where can you learn it out? I can learn it from Shor. Because when I take my Shor into Rosh Rabin, do I have a permission to put my Shor there? Uh, should I, no, no. Of course you do. How do you, tra- how do you go with a Shor if you can't take it in Rosh Rabin? Of course you have a right to go into Rosh Rabin Shor. You have a right now. The fact that you didn't guard and went and damaged and Achinam, you're chaifa, but you see that you have a right to be there. So therefore, the, the, the waste is different than the case of bor in terms of you didn't have a right to be there by the case of the bor, but in the case of the waste, you had a right to put it there. But Shor will tell me that even if you have a right to be there, that doesn't relinquish your responsibility. You could still be chaif. So you learn out from Shor. I, you're going to tell me, learn it out from Shor. So, so, so Shor Yechech, let's read, Shor Yechech, that you can, even if you have a right to be there, because be Chayim. I, by Shor, the nature is that it travels to do damage. Waste is not by nature travel to do damage. So how can you learn it by Shor? I understand why you Chayim by Shor. You had a right to be there, but you had to guard it better, because what's the nature of an ox? It does go t- travel to go cause damage. The waste, it is not. So therefore, how could you learn it out from Shor? Moses, says, you're right, but I can learn it out from Bor. 
Bar doesn't have a derech to go to travel to damage. It stays in one place, and you're still chayim. So therefore, so therefore, I but Bar we said you had a, you had you had no right to be there. But the combination between shor and Bar together will learn out the case of waste, and that's what that last line is coming to teach me. It's not a direct of or told of anything that were mentioned, but it's a combination of the two avos. That's what's being included in that last line of the Mishnah. So therefore, the what are you going to ask? It's derech to travel to cause damage. The logic returns. Each one's uh, uniqueness is knocked off by the other one. And the Tzadah Shava, as the last line of the Mishnah is, that it's considered your asset and you're responsible for it. And when it damages, you have to pay. Okay, fourth answer. We had three answers. We had Abaya, we had Rava, we had, we had, who was the third one? Uh, who gave the third answer? I thought it was Ravina. Adarabha, I think. Rabada Barava? Okay. Rabada Barava. Okay, yeah. so now we have a fourth one. The fourth one is Ravina. Who is Ravina? Ravina said like this. He says, Lisuye Hadastan. It's coming to teach me that last case, the Mishnah, cannot be direct, directly derived as toldos of the, 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 the Avos in the Mishnah, but it's a, a, a case that cannot be directly derived. What's the case over there? The case is as follows. So we're going to see. This is a, 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 a Mishnah in Bamatsiya. All right. If a person has a wall that f- there's no indication that this wall is a weak wall. All right. So now, if that wall collapses and causes damage, so therefore that is considered to be like an onus. It's something that's beyond my responsibility because I had no uh, there was no there was no reason for me to think that this could cause damage. Now. But let's say the case is that we, they used to have uh, surveyors that used to go through the city and, and, and see, and they gave you a notice. You get this red notice. You have 30 days to do what? To, to replace, demolish, and replace the wall. Okay? So let's see it's inside. That's what we're dealing with that case. It's not. Hakosel, you have a, 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 a wall, the Elon. Or you had a tree. That fell into the Shudrabim and damaged. So if there was no indication there was anything wrong, potter. So therefore that's an onus and you'd be potter. But the more in Bamatsiya Matsyam will learn, we'll go through all the nuances and all the different wrinkles in this case. Potter Mishalim. Now, if there was indication that these wall of the tree is weak or frail, and they gave him time to cut it down. So the Lakwitz as uh, Elon, for least there's a cause to cut down the tree or to knock down the wall. Now let's say they fell, you, got, you had a 30 day window, and they fell and caused damage day 15. So what do you think should happen there? They gave you 30 days to knock it down. Okay? Because again, you, you are not in violation. Right. Now, but if let's say day 31, it fell down and caused damage, so then you'll be chayyab. So now what, what Ravina wants to say, that's the case in day 31 when it fell down and caused damage, that's the case that we're referring to. Right. Now, take a look. Tosis at the bottom of Hayav and Alv talks about whether we're talking about that it fell down and in the act of falling it caused the damage or is it talking about that it fell down and then somebody tripped over it. Tosis has dealing of the, I'm not going to get too complicated into it. Tosis discusses what is the scenario of the case that we're dealing with over here. Now, the one is like this. Hey, Chidami. Eid Afkara. 
if and the, uh, it, you are mafkirit, which means that you made it clear, right, that you don't want this item, okay? So then, Then we said that clearly is a classical, that should be classical bore. And if it's a classical bore, it's learned directly from bore. So then we don't need that as being the last line of the Mishnah. That's the case of bore, if you are mafkir the item. Maishnah bore, because what's unique about bore? To hezeka matsui bore, that you've created something that has a propensity to damage. It's a common item for causing damage. Shmirasu alecha, and the Torah makes you responsible for safeguarding it. Haninami hezeka matsui, here too, the Chorah, some an item that falls into Rishus Arabim, it's hezeka matsui, that's common that it's going to cause damage. Shmirasu alecha, and therefore you should be safeguarding it. It's, it's similar to bore, it should be direct derivative of bore, and therefore why do I need the last line? The Mishnah to teach me that. The, the Av of Bar teaches me that. E the law of Karina. Now let's say you are not Mavkar, so it's still your Mamon. So if you're not Mavkar, then it comes back to the Machlokas Rav and Shmuel. So Shmuel says, Taka, that's similar to Shor, and as the Rashbam explained already for the fourth time, is that it's a combination of Shor and Bor, and therefore it could be what the last line is coming to teach me, because it's not directly learned out from Shor, it's not directly learned out from Bor, it's a combination of Shor and Bor. So according to, uh, according to Rav, that could be what the last line is teaching me. But the Chor, the more assumes right now that Shmuel said it's directly could be learned out still from Bor. If it could still be learned out from bar. If it's a tolda of bar, then why do I need the last line to be teaching me that? That's the kasha. So the shmuel d'amr kula mi bar that in all of these cases, whether you're mafkir or you're not mafkir, could learn out in hainu bar. That's the same case of bar. Again, the fourth time the gemara reverses what it thought. That's talking about that you were mafkirit. Our question was, if you're mafkirit, then bang the rab, bang the shmuel. That's the case of bar. Why is the last line to teach me? Below dummy labor. It's not exactly Exactly like the case of Bor. Well, how is it different than Bor? Because Ma'ala Bor, Shekem Chilas Asil Anezek. By Bor, as soon as you start digging, your act of digging, it's already a damaging item. In this case, when you planted the tree or when you built the wall, it wasn't Chilas Anezek. It's something happened later that turned it into being a nezek. So maybe you could argue that maybe Bor your Chayev, because you did something that from its inception, is a nezek. Whereas in the case of the wall, the case of the tree, at its inception, it was not a damaging agent. All right, Toma, can you say the same thing about honey? Shane Kilos and Asiyas on the nezek. Someone says, I'll show you that that logic is not a valid logic. Because shore, when a person has a shore, is it considered from its inception nezek? Right? When you have a shore, the shore is born, right? That's not immediate. Oh, now, now we have a nezek here. We don't have a nezek by shore. It becomes later on, it becomes a nezek. But not now. So therefore, shore yachiyach, it's not from its inception nezek. Someone says, like this, yes, but you can't, we can't bring Mariah from shore. Shore is different than the case of the falling tree or the falling wall. Why? Because Shekane Darka Lelech Lahazik, maybe you have a greater responsibility by shore, because by shore you know that you have to safeguard it. It not, not, if from its inception, it might not be Nezek, but you know that it travels to do damage, so you have to watch it. A wall and a tree by nature, you don't have that same, that I have to know that I have to watch it because it travels to do damage. 
bar dechiyach. But that bar can show you don't have to have the svara of traveling to damage to be mechayim, because a bar doesn't travel to cause damage. And therefore, between shor and bar, chazar adin, the logic returns, the tzad shavish van. That's what's included in the last line. So that last line, even where you're not mafgirid, it's still not straight up bar. It's a combination of bar and shor. And that's why you need that tzad at the end to teach me between the two avos, you're chayim. So we have four different ways of understanding what that last line is coming to include. Could be all four of them, maybe. But whether for, according to our buyer, what was it coming to include? It's a case where you left something on your roof and a normal wind blew it off and it landed on the ground and it caused damage. And we talked about whether you're mafkir or not mafkir. And according to Rava, the case was where you had a Mazgalgal, you left a package and it kicked 30 feet later and then it caused damage. And according to Rabada Barava, what was the case where you, your waste you opened up in the winter you, and, it, and it caused damage. So even had your right to put it there, nevertheless you're responsible to do it. That was that's coming to include. And now we have Ravina, the case he's talking about. What was the last case? Where you had a tree and a wall that you were responsible to knock down. You knock it down in time and then it fell down and caused damage. And that's what that last line is coming to include. Now, Gemara just points out something from the language, very interesting language. It said, that last line in the Mishnah said that what is the common denominator between all of the Avos? It says like this, uh, that, uh, that they have, the Darkan Lahazik, they have a, the Derech is, they cause damage that Ushmirasan Alecha, and therefore you have to safeguard them from causing the damage. And when it does cause the damage, Chav Hamazik, the owner of the item, of the asset, is Chayim. The Moran wants to ask the word Chav seems to be not a, it should not write the word Chav. What should it write? Chayav. Why is it write the word Chav and not write the word Chayav? That's the Moran's question over here. So the Moran says as follows. Okay. Because she hears a chav amazik, chav amazik, may buy a late. Should write the word chayev, not chav. So I'm Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a Rav. Hi, Tana Yerushalmi. Who? The author of this Mishnah was a person with Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi, they like to abbreviate things. They like to make it quicker and shorter, shorthand. And therefore, the Tani Lishna Kalila, they used to do an easier and shorter way of, 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 of notation. And that's why instead of writing the word Chayev, they write the word Chav. That's very interesting because the redactor of the Mishnayas was Rabbeinu Hakadosh. He came from Tzveria. He didn't come from Yerushalayim. But what he used to do is he used to go and to all the Bata Midrashim that had the Misora of earlier Tanoic statements, he gathered them together and he redacted them in one format. But he, he stayed true very often to the language of what the Mesorah was really given. So the Mesorah for this Mishnah was in, from this Yerushalmi fellow, and therefore since that person wrote the word Chav, he left it in the format as the what he had got it when he redacted and when he redacted it. Okay, let's go on. Now the last line of the Mishnah said that what's the common factor of all of the Mazikin mentioned in our Mishnah is that you're responsible to pay, and if you choose to use property, if you choose to use karka, what type of karka do you have to give? Meitav, you have to give the best. Okay? Now we're going to go here and bring a fundamental machlokas between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva understanding what does it mean giving the best, okay? So Tan Rabbon, so they like this. 
So it says, Lashan Tashlume Nezik, you have to pay from the best. Now, the more is going to be, the Machlokas, in essence, going to come out being, when we say, let's get the terminology right here, because I don't want to have to keep saying it each time. Is it the, the best? There's the Nizak. The Nizak is the damaged party. Animal went in and trampled or ate from the land of the Nizak. So it says you have to pay the best. Does it be, mean you have to use the quality, the best quality of what the Nizak has in order to make the payment? Or does it mean you have to pay the best quality of what the Mazik has? So when the Mazik wants to pay, has to pay the best quality, but whose best quality? That's going to be here, it needs to be clarified. It's going to be a machlokas. All right, now the Gemara makes an initial assumption, which is going to be very difficult, and the Gemara is going to right away show that it's a difficult assumption. But let's see it inside. Mate of Sadeo, mate of Karam Yashalom. It says by Shane and Regal that you have to pay mate of Sadeo for the best of your fields, or mate of Karam, the best of your vineyards. If you're going to pay with fields and vineyards, you have to pay from the mate from the best. So mate of Sadeo shall nizak, mate of Karam shall nizak, divri Rabbi Shmo. Rabbi Shmo right away shoots the first salvo. He says it means whose best properties are we assigning, are we, are we allocating the payment to be determined by? We're making it the best of the nizak, of the damaged property. Rabbi Akiva Omer, He says, no, the Torah is coming to tell me that you have to pay it is. It is another word for meta, from the best. Now Raji says, what's he saying? Rabbi Shmuel also said you have to pay the best. So Raja obviously is telling me is that he's disagreeing with Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says you have to pay the best of the Nizak. He's telling you have to pay the best, means whose best do you have to pay? The best of the Mazik, right? The Kalvachomer Lehegdish. Now, that, what that's going to mean is going to be tomorrow's Dal. And Kalvachomer by Hegdish. We'll deal with the Kalvachomer by Hegdish. But Lechorah, we have here a straight up Machlokas. Rabbi Shmuel saying you use the Nizak's property to allocate. And Rabbi Akiva saying you're using the Mazik's. Now, the Gemara wants to know like this. What do you mean you're using the Nizak? Now, this is the initial assumption. We're going to shoot it down right away. It means like this. I'm going to say this follows. Is Rabbi Shmuel mean the following? Let's say an animal, uh, Reuven's animal wanders into Shimon's field. And Shimon has different qualities of, 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 of land. And the quality of land is reflected by the productivity of how much that land can produce. So let's say he has a furrow. He has one furrow that he has that is a furrow that is from Metav property, right? Means it's got $300 worth of payros in that furrow. And the animal goes and eats the payros from the Metav furrow, okay? Now, there's no question that in order to uh, compensate the uh, Shimon, the damaged party, Ruben's gonna have to pay either $300 Right? Or if he wants to pay land, he has to give him a furrow of, three, of the same quality. That, that's the mate of, 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 of Shimon Lechora. Reuben has to pay either $300 or give him land. That's it. But what, 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 what the Gemara understands right now, it's mashma that you always have to give the mate of, of Shimon. So let's say the animal went into Shimon's property but did not eat from the furrow that's worth $300. It went to the, uh, to, to a, 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 a not so valuable furrow that let's say the furrow is only worth $50. 
So you're telling me that even though the animal ate from the furrow that was $50, he say he has to give him, since you have to give him from the furrow, from the best furrow of what Shimon has, he still has to pay a $300 furrow? Moses says, that doesn't make any sense. What does Reb Shmuel mean that you have to pay the best furrow from the, ha- from, the ha- from, from the victim's property? If it means that no matter what, you have to give that best furrow, it means I understand if the damage was the $300 furrow, pay the $300 furrow, but does it make sense to say that the damage was the, the Ziburis, the $50 faro, you still have to go ahead and pay. The $300, that, that doesn't make sense. That, everyone have the question. So Moana says like this. So Moana says like this. Looking at the words of Rabbi Shmuel, if it ate from the 300, Shmeina means literally from the, from the rich, from the fat uh, furrow. Meshal and I understand there you should pay $300 furrow. You pay the $300 furrow. But But if it ate from the $50 furrow, from the one that's lean, that's not so productive. Meshal and He holds you always have to pay the mate You always have to pay the best. That makes no sense. So comes along. I'll tell you what happened over here. Maybe what, the, what, what, what Rabbi Shmuel means that you have to pay the best means like this. Obviously, if you know that the animal ate the $50 furrow, then what do you have to pay? $50. The, the Zaburis, the $50 furrow. What the Torah is saying, what the Torah means that you have to pay the best is in a situation where the animal ate from a field and we don't know which furrow it ate. There are some $300 furrows and there's some $50 furrows. So what you don't know comes along the Torah and says, what do you have to pay? Says Rabbi Shmuel, you have to pay mate. I mean, in that case, we have to pay the 300 Not when you know that it was 50 when we don't know. That's what it's telling me. So when it says, Kigon she'achal aruga arugas. They ate one of the furrows among the other furrows. Below Yadina, and yet we don't know, if it ate from the lean one, or it ate from the rich one. All right? So therefore, that's where the Torah is saying, mate of Sadeu, then you have to pay the $300 furrow because we don't know. So I'm a rover. So that's very difficult to understand. Throughout Dine Mominus, we have a standard guiding principle that says what? The burden of proof is on the claimant. So if the victim wants to get $300 for the furrow that was eaten, who would have to prove that he, the animal ate the $300 furrow? The victim. You can't just make that the, the, the mazik, the, the, the damager has to pay $300 in a case of a suffix. So I'm a rava, umar ilu yadinan. You're telling me that if we would know for sure the kusha achal that ate the $50 furrow, so loma shalem, ela kushi, we'd have to pay only the $50. Now that we don't know, e kusha achal, ishmena achal, which one it ate, mishal and shmena, automatically you're going to make it pay the shmena, the $300 furrow. Whatever happened to Amot Mechaveo Lavaraya, that the burden of proof is on the claimant. That doesn't make sense. So we're trying to understand what did Rabbi Shmuel mean that you have to pay the meitav, you have to pay the best pharaoh of the nizak. What did he mean by that? So Ella Amr of Achabar Yaakov, everyone hold cup. It's technical. I want everyone to cop this. He says the case is as follows like this. Is as that we have as follows. We have the nizak. Right? Let, let, me, let me set up the case. Animal wanders into 
the field of Shimon. So the Gemara says like this, there's no question. You only have to pay $300 damage, you have to pay $300. $50, you have to pay $50, no question. You don't know what it is, burden of proof on the, on, on the victim. You would also only have to pay 50 if you don't know. So what does it mean? So it means as follows. It means if you want to pay cash, you're paying $300, you're paying 50. If you want to pay land, right, you don't have to pay more than the value. It means you're going to have to give the best at the, at the value of what it was, but it's a $300, you're paying the best property up to $300. If, you, if, it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it was $50, you'd pay $50. But the question is like this, so what it means you have to use the property of the Nizak? What does that mean? How, how does that work? So the case is like this. Let's say the Nizak had different grades of property, but his best grade of property, the Nizak's best grade of property was actually the worst grade of property of the Mazik. So the Mazik has a couple of different grades, but his Ziburis, his worst grade is equal to the best grade of the Nizah. So now the damage is $300, all right? Now, and, and the Mazik wants to use land. You want to pay cash, pay $300. He wants to use land. So now it makes a difference. If he has to give the best, the, 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 the best property of the Nizah, then he has to pay, but he'd only have to pay out of his own Ziburis, because his Ziburis is quality-wise, his worst property is equal to the Mazik. If he would have to pay his best property, then he has to give a much higher quality of land, land that the Nizak does not have to pay, but he'd have to give his own. So comes along Rabbi Shmuel and says that no, is that actually the maximum quality property that the Mazik has to pay is what's the best quality that is owned by the Nizak, even if it ends up being that the property that he has to give is his Ziburis, right? On that comes along Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva disagrees. Rabbi Akiva says no, because we calculate when it's best property, not by what the Nizak has, we calculate what the Mazik has, and therefore, in such a case, the Mazik has to give the same amount of money, but the Mazik has to give his best property, not his Ziburis, he's gonna to have to give his Idis. That's the way, that's the Machlok, because that's what Rabbi, uh, uh, Rabbi Achabar Yachim is gonna say. Achabar Yaskin, what we're dealing with over here, is Kegayim. Shahai said, Idis the Nizak, the Idis of the Nizak was equal to the Ziburis of the Mazik. And this is the Machlok, is between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Shmuel Savar, but in Nizak Shaminan, that the level of land has to be based on the best property of the Nizak. And Rabbi Akiva saw, but a Mazak Shaiminan. Now, the Mazak says, why? What is the argument? So, my time at Rabbi Shmuel, he says like this We have Xayra Shava. Nemar Sadal Amatav and Nemar Sadal Amala. The word Sada in the Parsha of damaging of Shane Vregel is mentioned twice once below and once above. Now, when it's mentioned earlier, it says, Your animal went and damaged, and it's used the word Sada. Now, there the word Sada clearly means the animal's damaging whose field? In the Nizak, the word Sada, when it's first introduced there, it's, it's Sada Nizak, above. So then when it says below that you have to pay the Meitav Sada, he says that, Zerit Shavah says, who's Meitav? The Meitav of the Nizak. 
That's how that's that's how Rabbi Shmuel understands. It's He says like this: My time to be Shmuel. Now my sada lemalta, but now my sada lemala. My sada mulemalo. The nizak, the sada that's mentioned uh, above, is clearly of the nizak. That's the damaged party that gets damaged. So av sada mulemata. When it says you have to pay mate of sadeyu, it also means it's it's the nizak of the nizak. Now what does Rabbi Akiva do with that? It's, that's Rabbi Shmuel's Zerushava. Now Rabbi Shmuel, you could Rabbi Akiva could argue he doesn't have the mesorah that Zerushava. But how does he know for sure though? that it means the meitav of the mazik. How did you know it doesn't mean the nizak? So when says, Rabbi Kiva says, let's look at the words. The words say, look at the words. Meitav sadeo, meitav karma yeshalem. Who's the Torah talking to? Meitav sadeo, meitav karma yeshalem. Whose has to pay? Mazik. So when it says meitav sadeo, meitav karma, obviously whose land are we talking about? His is, whose is his referred to? The mazik. He says the symbol shot is not, I understand you can make it Zereshava, but that's not the symbol shot in the reading of the person. So when it says like this, so lechai rabbi akiva, meitav sadeo, meitav karma, yishalem, dahaich, to come ashalem, it's referring to the one who's paying. It's the mazik. Now the Gemara wants to go, let's go back to Rabbi Shmuel. Now I understand Rabbi Shmuel has a Zereshava, but the Zereshava can't completely uproot the simple reading of the Pasuk, even if the Xereshava tells you that there are cases we have to use the Nizak's property, but the simple shot is referring to Mazak. So you have to try to accommodate this reading, the simple shot in the Pasuk as well. So when it says Rabbi Shmuel, he says like this, says, that the Xereshava helps in certain cases, and as well, the, 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 and, and the simple reading and, and helps. Where does the Xereshava help? Could have come in, and like we said, the Xereshava helps where the Mazak's Ziburis is equal to the Idis of the Nizak. So therefore, according to Rabbi Shmuel, you don't have to give any more than your Ziburis. Why? Because your Ziburis is equal to the Mazik's Idis. That's where the Xerah tells you that you give the mate of, of the, of the Nizak because even though he's paying the Mazik's Ziburis, but it's equal. Where do you need the simple reading of the Posik? Now, give me the following scenario. The following scenario is the Hanikrok, again, the Israel Mazik Idis. Let's say the Mazik only has, the Mazik has two, two, two grades of land. He has Ma Idis and he has Ziburis. He's got high quality land and he's got a low quality land. Right? Now, the Idis Le Nizak. The Nizak only has one quality. It's a decent quality, good quality, but he only has one quality. Now the problem is like this, is let me say it outside and we'll read inside. The idis of the nizak is not equal to the mazik's ziburis, but it's also not, it's not as good as the mazik's idis. It falls in between. The nizak has, the nizak's idis, what the nizak has, the property that he has, falls somewhere between the mazik's idis and the mazik ziburis. Now the question is, what does the mazik have to pay, right? Now, the mazik would like to give him his ziburis, but he can't give him his ziburis because his ziburis is not equal, right? So in that case, he has to give his own idis, even though his idis is in a high grain. That's when the Pasuk means, mate of sadeh, mate of karmi shalom. He has to give his idis, in that case where he doesn't have anything equal to what the damage was, then he has to give his better lands. That's what it's referring to. So therefore, like this, so therefore, <coughs> let's read inside. The Islam Mazak it is Ziburis, the it is Lanizak, and there's it is. The Ziburis the Mazak, the Ziburis that the Mazik has, low Shavi is worth less. It's not on the same quality as the Idis of the Nizak. In such a case, the Mashalem Lay, Mimate of the Day, that 
such a case, the mazik has to pay his idis. Even though his idis is much higher quality, he has to give his idis to Lomatzi Amalek because he cannot say to the Nizak, Ta'at Miziburis, come take my Ziburis. Why can't he say, take my Ziburis? Earlier we said he could because in the case where it's equal to the idis of the Nizak, he can say it, but not where it's not the same quality. Now we're not talking about the amount. You still have to pay the full $300. You will have to pay the 50. Question is, what quality land do you give to do it? So that comes. That he collects the nizik in that case, case from the mate of the mazik. And that's Rabbi Shmuel. We'll go to Rabbi Kiva tomorrow. Have a good day.